All right, well, I'm an old school Jake Huger, Mark Thompson with you guys. The Edge with Mark Thompson, everybody check it out. The Edge with Mark Thompson, yeah. We come into a show slash podcast and immediately promote another one. I love it. Yeah, That's how confident you are, Jake. You don't worry about, you know, you're not worried about promoting other people, you know, and somehow overshadowing your own thing. Yeah, well, God bless, but you should definitely check that out, thank you. So, speaking of promoting, one more thing and then we'll get right to it. And then today, we've gotta get to it, guys. I mean, it's been two shows since we haven't gotten to. What is the most American city, okay? <laughs> so, that'll be adjudicated on tonight's show, obviously. Mm-hmm. But also sponsored by shoptyt.com, where you can get this awesome hoodie. It really is, I love this hoodie. Uh, and uh, this shirt, I wrote the damn bill. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and the hoodie I like. Yeah. I like the two-tone aspect of the hoodie. You know, uh, you'll see blue with the gray, which I guess a gray or like a grayish blue. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like yeah, that. me too. You know, I don't like the lining to be the same color as the exterior. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, although we have some hoodies that are both black and black. But anyway, <laughs> okay, check you it out. You have your options. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I got the guy who uh, I he wrote the damn bill. Yeah, and U.S. endorsed him today. I saw a lot of talk on Twitter about your endorsement. Yeah, I was actually a little surprised by it, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I apparently was trending on Twitter. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's cool. But I don't know if that's real uh, because you could be trending for one person and not necessarily trending for someone else. You see what I'm saying? Or you could be trending in an area. You, I don't. Oh, I don't I know well, certainly I know you can be trending in an area. But yes. you're saying if I have a bunch of political interests and people that I follow, so I'm, then I might be trending for you, right. but I might not be trending for the guy who only follows sports figures. Sure, right? I, but I don't know. Anyway, I don't know why I'm putting an asterisk on it. Yeah, I was trending today, man. <laughs> crazy dog. Okay. Anyway, so uh, so uh, let's. Uh, I, I wanted to do, but I want to start with a. a Weird random defense of people of, of a company that no one has any interest in defending, okay? So uh, progressives uh, have a lot of issues with it, uh, and so does seemingly everybody on the planet. They're having a lot of controversies. The name of the company is The Young Turks. No, I'm kidding. It's Uber, okay? And so, but we forget the bad old days. So I'm not talking about they should they pay their employees more. I mean, I'm on Ubers a lot, so. I get. I talk to the drivers and stuff, and they have a lot of a million legitimate concerns. Most okay. of the drivers, though, because you are on it so much, have you noticed? Are they for becoming staying independent contractors or for becoming full time employees? Or even, I haven't. Uh, you don't ask them that. that? <laughs> I like. How can you not ask them that? That's what I always ask them. And what do you? Okay, then you tell me. Well, I don't think I have a sample size that's as great as yours, but here's what I found. Most of them who are doing well don't want to touch anything. They go and they say this, the ones that have a problem with Uber and want to become full-time employees are the ones that aren't doing well. I'm hustling my ass off is what I heard a lot of. Uh, I make good money and I make the Uber system work for me. But why, why, what's the downside of becoming an employee? Oh my God, there are all kinds of, well, you asked and so here's the answer. First of all, when you're an employee, they can now dictate your hours. One of the great things about a side hustle is you can work anytime you want to, right? See, I knew there was an issue. And that's not all. Once you're an employee, they can dictate where you're going to be cruising for your routes. Right now, you can cruise wherever you want. Uh, Those are real significant problems, that's no joke. I mean, it's going to change the nature of that stuff that you do as an Uber driver. Hmm. Okay, that partly relates to my story. uh, the other day, so Uber in LA got bad at the LA airport, and I'm—I mean, I travel at least once every other week, right? So I'm constantly at the airport. And so in the old days, when Uber first came out, and this is part of the anti-competitive stuff that people complain about, but I'm just talking about real life for a second, not about politics, right? And so when Uber first came out, they're like, "Oh, you want to go to the airport? Four dollars." Right. You're like, "What? <laughs> That's true. What? They right. did suck you in with amazingly low prices, <laughs> right?" And, so, and it was a town car always that picked you up at yeah, the beginning. Right? I mean, I don't know. They probably didn't think I was worthy of a town car, but it was like four dollars, <laughs> and it was. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but not by much. I mean, I went to there. Of course, you don't know where I live. Kind of context of the airport. I don't live too too far from it. 
but it's a normal it's, ride. But it's a much. normal ride. I'm not, I'm not like next door to it or anything. And I would easily get there in $14, right? I think I might have done it once in $12. I'm like, this is preposterous. Cabs used to take $50, $60 to get to the airport to give you the context, right? And then the second thing that they would do is they're like, oh, we'll be there in 30 seconds. Like, I'd be like, <laughs> duh, duh, duh. oh, he's here, right? I don't know how they did that, but it was magic. Probably they paid well back in the day for drivers, so there were so many more drivers, uh. etc. right? So now, though, I get to the airport and it's like uh, 18 minutes. Oh, you gotta wait 18 minutes. Uh, and then it, you'll wait five minutes and it'll be like 17 minutes. That's the thing, Jank. If I can just interject yes, for a second. Yes, you can. That's why we're doing the show together. It's even worse than <laughs> that. It'll say four minutes. This just happened to me in San Francisco. And uh, you know, you'd think an area where there are lots of Uber cars, it says four minutes. Then it says six minutes. You know, you've already committed to the ride. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That and happens. That, it jumps up. It jumps high. It's yeah. not like it's always going down, but just not in act. It's, it's those uh, approximate times are completely phony, I'm starting to think. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's now starting to fall apart at the seams. It, that happens to me all the time now. So four minutes, six minutes. Oh, three minutes, just kidding, nine minutes. Like, ah! and, then, and then canceled. <laughs> It's like yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that happens too. Right? So, but anyway, you were but you were paying them a compliment, actually. Yeah, oh, you started by well, paying. Apparently, them. I was, but <laughs> like the worst. Lost back. in our abuse was yeah. a compliment somewhere. Yeah, the uh, biggest backhanded compliment in American <laughs> history. But anyway, so I so th that date says eighteen or nineteen minutes. I said, ah, I was going to take a cab, okay? And I'm like, hey, I haven't taken a cab from LAX in forever, right? I take cabs in other cities, like in DC, they're actually very convenient and and oftentimes even less expensive than Uber. Oh. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think the DC cab system is great. If you, obviously most of you don't live in LA, so what you don't know is the cab system in LA was atrocious. Like you, they would say, first of all, it's super hard to get one. Second of all, you'd call them and you'd say, "Okay, come, I got to go to the airport. Can you come by in my house?" I say, "Oh yeah, no problem. Twenty minutes, right?" And then 20 minutes to go by, and you're like, okay, I gotta get to the airport. And then you call them back, and then, oh, you gotta wait, 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 wait. Like five minutes later, after, oh, you wanted a cab. God damn it. Yes, right? that's exactly right. And, and so you'd go through that three different times. And then, like, seriously, before Uber and Lyft in LA, if, you, if I called a cab, there was at best only a a third chance that they would show up. Right. Two thirds of the time, just wouldn't show up. I don't care. I lied to you. I don't care that I've ruined your life. Right. I, like the, the worst customer service of any industry in any context. I completely agree. And you could even schedule the cab to take you to the airport the night before. Like someone's go, okay, well, I'm gonna schedule it, lock it in. Yeah. And they would still treat you the way Jenk's talking about. It would yeah. just be like no show. One of the uh, you know, well, I have to confess, one of the funniest things I ever saw was how dad, my, how mad my dad got at the cab companies in LA, because he's this extra cautious dude. So, like hours ahead of time, he calls the cab. They don't show up. He calls them again. He's on his third one. Now he's fuming, right? <laughs> and he never curses, and he started cursing. And and I mean, like he threw the standard ones in, like God damn it to hell! What are you doing? Well, what is this, right? And so, but then he's like, he might call him some bitch or something, right? And but like curses, I've never heard him say. God damn it to hell, okay, sometimes, right? But uh, and and so uh, I was like, I kind of want to record this, but I'm yeah, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. <laughs> Anyway, so I get in a cab this time. So I say, okay, let me do this. I haven't done this in years, right? Uh, before we even make it out of the airport, it's already charged me $10. Literally, I looked, we're still wow. in the airport. I'm like, $10, I remember I stayed to Uber. Now it's not 14 anymore. Now Uber is like 24, 26, right. right? And in fact, that day here, I wrote it down. That day, I think they quoted me, Uber did $23.17. Okay, I wrote 23, 17, 26, 17 in a different part, whatever. One of those, okay? So I'm like, okay, we're not out of the airport, it's $10. It ain't gonna be $16 the rest of the ride, <laughs> okay? Right, 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 right. Uh, and then, but my favorite is, so I, so I give my home address, uh, you know, you get in, because in Uber, they already know, and they already have the route, et cetera, and I'm used to it, and I forgot how it was in a traditional cab. So I, I get in, and he goes, okay, where, where are we going? I was like, oh yeah, good point, okay, so I give the address. He's like, where's that? 
I don't know, isn't that kind of, like I could yeah. tell you, but isn't that kind of your job, right? Right, right? And he's like, oh, wait, 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 I got an idea. Let's use one of those navigation things. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, and Lord mercy, dude, yeah, let, yeah, let's use one of those navigation things. Oh, my things. God. Okay, and, and then uh, his phone kept going to screensaver. <laughs> So he's like, oh man, I don't know if we're supposed to take a right or a left. I can't get this screensaver thing off, oh. right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, just go, make, please, make a right. I'm begging you. Just, okay, fine. I'll just tell you all the directions. Just, let's just get home, right? Uh, and of course, he gets out of the airport because I, I didn't think I had to tell him how to leave the airport. Oh my God. Okay, <laughs> screensaver doesn't know what she's going. We're on a wrong highway, oh. okay? So then we got to get off the highway, do the thing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and um, so we finally get home, and it turned out the price wasn't that that bad. Okay, it was thirty three eighty five. Okay, I wrote it down. Mm. Um, but I, you know me, I'm really cheap, so I'm still like, <laughs> that's a little painful. And then I'm like, oh no, I forgot to tip. See, in Uber, I still tip, but at least I get to forget about it. I tip the next time I'm taking the Uber. Right, they say right. that's that's it's the it delayed tip isn't as painful if you're you yeah, know, if you're like, and you're just like oh yeah sure five percent I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> you have to tip high <laughs> yeah because people know who you are yeah oh yeah if you know <laughs> if you recognize someone everyone in any service industry you ought to do something. Uh, to indicate to that person that you recognize them. You don't have to fawn over them. You don't have to you know, make a scene. But if you indicate in some way, like, oh, I'm a big fan, it's a pleasure to meet you, or whatever, and then you just go on about your business. If you're in a tip-related, gratuity-related industry, the person is almost obligated to leave you the very best tip. 100% right. So It happens every time. So if, if they don't recognize me, well, look, you're the waiter, right? No, I, I, I stopped being a dick. I, I go to twenty percent. Sure. Right? Like that took me a couple, a lot of time to, <laughs> to get there, a couple of decades. But uh, like through peer pressure from like Mark and Ben and Michael, and like, oh, please, please stop being a dick. You're so embarrassing, right? So I finally got to twenty percent, and I'm just look. I'm telling you the reality. Uh, and but if you if they say oh I love the show like, oh god damn it I gotta <laughs> <more>. <laughs> I'm telling you it works 100 percent of the time so that'll get you all the way up to 25 percent sure you're gonna right. make some money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all you have to do is say big fan don't want to make a big deal but I'm a big fan that's yeah. all you need to do and you're gonna get the money yeah. look if I ever had money though like my problem is I don't really like it's not just that I'm cheap because I'm a it's because I really, have, my whole life, I've never really had that much yeah, money. I had like a window out. when I was on MSNBC, and current TV actually paid pretty well. So when I was on TV, like I was like, oh man, I'm like, I'll go to 22%. Okay, <laughs> you think I won't? You think I won't? Here, there it is. Okay, I'll round up. Okay, the double deuce. No, right. seriously, when I was on MSNBC, so they send uh, when you're on TV, they send limos for everything. Like, and I told the story before, they once sent a limo. Or car, right? But they're nice cars. I mean, sure. they're traditionally what it, they're not like the stretch limousines, but they're limo service, right? right? They once sent a limo for my back. Wow. Okay. And I'm like, geez, I'm Lord mercy. I was like, that's a lot, we're wasting a lot of money. The guy next to me was like, dude, at the time, was it GE? No, Comcast had bought it. And he's like, it's Comcast money. Who cares? Let him do it. Yeah. And I was like, wow. uh, okay. <laughs> I had a I had a series on Fox called Guinness Primetime. It was a with with guys would come on guys generically men and women and they would set uh, Guinness records right. And I, I was the host of that show. We taped it in Hollywood. And I remember I don't like to ride in a car with somebody else when I when I've got my own car because I'm aggressive and I like to get there and I like to punch around the radio stations, listen to the music I want to. I want to control of that cabin right. Yeah. When I'm the passenger. I'm kind of at the mercy of the guy. It drives me crazy that he's in the right lane when he should be in the left lane, and there's all of that stuff. I have to ask him, can you change the radio to whatever? Anyway, so they said, no, we want to send a we want to send a car for you. And I said, no, I really like to drive myself. They said, no, 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 no. You know, you're the host of the show. You deserve a car. And I'm thinking, they don't give a damn about that. There's something else going on here. And you know yeah. what it was? It was this. I know, but go ahead. They want to be able to keep a tab on you. To know that you were you were picked up at 6 a.m. and that you're going to be in Hollywood 
at 6.45 a.m. They want to uh, control you, in a sense, I mean, that way. They have control of your your coming and going, right? Yeah, I I don't think it's necessarily to be like weirdly ideologically Big Brother-esque. Uh, but uh, no, they have a show to do. They no, want to no, make they sure want to make sure time. that yeah, exactly. They want to make sure uh, that that you show up on time, right? And but they probably, to be fair to them, hosts are usually douchebags, and so I bet you they've gotten burned a lot. Oh, and guys getting there late, getting there oh, late. And so what I they, said is, I said, hey, look, I think I know what's happening here, uh, and and I don't blame you. Like if if I'm going to hold a production, that's going to be bad. So I'll tell you what, I'll drive myself to the show. I had this conversation with the executive producer. If I'm late. Even one day, then it's a town car or whatever you want. And from that point on, you can mm. drive me. And I just was never late. In a way, I screwed myself because I couldn't allow myself to be. You know, the thing you yeah. can be late because you can nip the guy, the driver waiting or whatever. I suppose. But. Yeah, that's true too. But um, so to to finish that thought, because I'm actually going to say one positive thing about about myself, which is going to break the trend here, to, uh, at least on today's show. Uh, so when I remember MSNBC just send a car, send a car, and it's great actually because my parents live in New Jersey. It takes like an hour and fifteen, hour and a half to get there, and I usually take the bus. And you guys, I'm just a big guy. You squeeze into the oh freaking bus. God. There's a thousand stops, right? You're and a I host got, on MS, and you're taking a bus? No, I well until then, okay. and I and and probably in the beginning because I'm just so used to it. And then I have the big bag, and you got to put it underneath, you know, wow. like the, you open up the thing of the bus. And put it underneath oh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. close it, and hope you don't get run over on the highway and stuff. And <laughs> like the worst part is the 28 stops, though. I mean, squeezed in in 28 stops, and you can't make calls because everybody's like, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and so you can't fall asleep because it's so tight, and and then you don't want to miss your stops. So you're like, oh, did I get there yet? Did I get there? Yet? Okay, so it's just miserable. So they say, oh, would you have a car drive you to your parents' house? I'm like, yes, right. Yeah. Now they pay for it and they pay the tip. I know that, and I double checked, triple checked, right? But I was like, I'd give it twenty on top, and I felt so good. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I don't know that that's like a big thing. Maybe like other people give a hundred. I don't know. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and but but it's certainly possible because hosts are usually the worst. I'll talk about that in a second, right? Yeah. Uh, that that people don't give them anything, right? Right. But I was like, hey, I'm making money for the first time in my life, and so I'd give them money on top, and like like a decent sized tip, right? And if we were going to New Jersey, it might even be more. Okay, I might give them 40 or something. And I tell you, look, actually being generous, kidding aside, being generous is wonderful. It makes you feel great. Sure. Like, in fact, reason number four, but only four as to why I want to be rich is so that I could be generous to others. The first three are all about me. Okay. <laughs> but I'll eventually get to well, you. Well, even the generous to others, you really get quickly to the fact that you feel good about. Yeah, it is, but that's but, but I'm it's, keeping it, it real. Yeah. Which is that that's why I say on the show all the time, fulfillment's a hell of a drug. Yeah. Like it's not you're not doing like the hard work of trying to change whatever it is that you want to change or promote whatever you want to promote or save whatever you want to save. You're not just doing. The, I'm not telling you to do that because oh, it's the right moral thing to do. I'm telling you that because that's true. But once you get to the final result and you save the dolphins or whatever you did, you're gonna feel great. Yeah. You're gonna feel fantastic. Yeah, and, and, you're, and to go back to your example or to, to your experience where you actually were tipping, that's coming from a selfless place. In other words, you're not tipping so you can feel good about yourself. You're, you're tipping because you have the means and you're passing it on and then you feel good about yourself. In other words, it's, it's, it's not a selfish act, obviously, yeah. so yeah. to distinguish it. Yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did you have the I'm same kidding. driver like over and over when you were doing no, that? No, no. Uh, oftentimes. Uh, but they already knew what you knew because they drive famous people all the time. So, like, I'm a schlep, right? Like, yeah. I barely made it on MSNBC. In the beginning, I'm a contributor, like, at three in the afternoon, and ain't nobody know me, right? But they, they, uh, but they, they play it up. And if they know you, they play it up even more because they've dealt with folks, right? And everybody right. they drive has lots of money. Right? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, so anyway, bless their hearts. Nothing yeah. wrong with that, yeah. great. I always felt, just in the, I'm interrupted. If you, no, no, uh, go ahead. Go I was gonna say, I always felt on the on the tipping thing when it comes to Uber, to get back to what you were talking about, and the ride shares, Lyft, Uber, I thought one of the good things was that they had baked the tip in. Like, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I love the, it. I love it if you tip, bake it in, yeah. Give the tip, make it 20% or whatever it is. 
Bake it in so what I don't need to worry about it. I thought it, was, I thought it was really, I, you know. If I, I would rather pay a 20% baked in tip uh, than pay 18% not baked in. Okay, 15% we're having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, I, I, all kidding aside, again, I'd rather pay more as long as it's baked in. So I don't have the, like, even the stress of that. A second like and a half of exactly. like, uh, which on uh, well, was it a good ride? Was it, I can't help yeah. but think. I bet you a lot of you have the same thing. Like, was it a good ride? Was it a bad guy ride? It was a good guy. I don't remember. That was like two weeks ago because it's the second now. Yeah, using right. Uber. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, how how was Mohammed? Oh, which right. one was Mohammed? Oh, right, he was the no, he wasn't the Trump supporter. He's Mohammed. Uh, so, right. I had a, I had a, I had an Uber driver in San Francisco from Yemen. Okay, that's huge because you know the Yemenis really hard to get to this country, so he had to come yeah. long ago. Um, and he spoke with a thick accent, which I like because mm -hmm. I like that ethnic thing. And I got around to ask him. He drove me all the way in from the airport. I got around to ask him. So you know, who do you like? What do you? He says, eh, I think because of the economy, I think Trump. Uh -huh. I'm thinking, wow. I said, really? With his. Posture toward immigrants and his, you know, and I started yeah. going detailing. Goes, yeah, I don't know, I don't really pay attention to all of that. Uh, they say the economy is good, so I think Trump. I'm yeah, like, well, well, there you go. It's, it was it, a it, wild. Yeah, no, no, it happens. It does. Yeah. It doesn't happen as often as it used to because mm. Trump is so polarizing, right? right? But yes, I ran into a Latino guy uh, driving a cab in New York who's a huge Trump supporter. Got mad yeah. at me and stuff. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, Cisse Trumpe, uh, <laughs> not a thing. Okay, not anyway, thing, no. but but these days, like I'm in Ohio, I'm in Texas. These are real stories, right? I'm in Iowa. It's a white male in their fifties. Got to be a Trump supporter. You mm. can bet your bottom dollar. I was in L.A. It's a single mom, uh, you know, who she had liberal written all over her. Okay. Uh, you know, we all have kind of uniforms, right? Sure. Right. The Trump guys, you know, something maybe they have the sideburns or the hat or the plaid shirt or whatever it is. We all kind of have a little bit of a uniform. Yeah, you can profile yeah. A, a, a little bit. Yeah, and I was like, look, I'm going to ask you who you're supporting. Um, but I'm going to write down the answer here ahead yeah, of time. But right. but I look, and I told her about stereotypes. I told her the whole thing. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And I said. Uh, You've got at most a nine percent chance of being a Trump supporter, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Try negative nine, <laughs> right?" Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, it just nails on a chalkboard. So I said, "Who, who, who do you want uh, on the Democratic side?" She's like, "I really haven't been paying attention," and I was like, "Yeah, okay, but like, yeah, she's like, I like Bernie. I like Bernie last time. I like Bernie. I, I think I like Bernie this time," and I, I think I said. I think I said, well, how about Elizabeth Warren? She's like, who is she? Wow. You know what that tells me? People are busy. Mm. They're busy. The guy from Yemen, he's just, he doesn't have time to figure out what Trump said, what he did about Yemen, which has helped us out. He's bombed the living crap out of it, exactly. right? right? Worry about what the Muslim ban and which seven countries does it apply to, et cetera. If it personally affected him and he couldn't come to the country, of course he would care, right? But he's trying to make a living, et cetera. Right. She's doing, she has two jobs. Yeah, runs her own company, does Uber on the side, and is a single mom. God. She ain't got time to figure out the Democratic field. But but every person that I ask that actually votes, so far none of them are paying attention, which is amazing. Okay, and and so that's a really interesting. I know it's anecdotal, but like like I think literally every person I've asked who is because the Republicans are easy, Trump, 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 like obvious, right? right. But for the Democratic side, they're like. Ah, I don't know, Biden, but I'm not paying attention. Bernie, I'm not paying attention, right? But they're like, I'm going to because I vote. Mm. Okay, now some don't vote at all. That's a different category, right? And so you, we see these polls going up and down. And they're important. I, I don't dismiss them at all. But they might change pretty dramatically at the end. So just just a note on that. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's interesting to me about this uh, is that there's a sense that someone has about a candidate. Uh, so when you're listening to those conversations you're having, uh, people have a sense of things or a sense of the country. And that's why I feel as though 
whoever is, runs uh, for the Democrats, the messaging has to be clear. You have to decide that thing that you're going to like. For example, I like, let's leave Medicare for all and all that aside for a moment, but I like corruption. I would pound the hell out of corruption if I were a Democrat. I'd mention corruption even in a, in a question of, that didn't have anything to do with corruption. I, 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 this is a, cor a manifestly corrupt administration, and it's full of payoffs and corruption. And, and I would just make that part so that corrupt, corrupt, corrupt becomes part of what people associate with uh, the Republicans. And, you know, cleaning up corruption is, go is what you're going to uh, hopefully represent on the Democratic side. Then you can get to Medicare for all and a plan, and a plan for, um, for so much of the economy that's left people out. What I'm saying is if you get too caught up into policy, uh, then you get these uh, means tests that the media does on your policy. They won't do that on corruption. There's no way that, that, the, uh, that the media can fry you on corruption, in my, in my view. Mark, I'll be a huckleberry. Uh, okay, so yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, okay. And, uh, and Warren is doing that a little bit. She, like, people think she's doing it a lot. I, I'm, I'm glad she is, and Bernie, of course, does it, but he also does it a little bit. Uh, I, I'm a billion percent with you. Mm. If I was doing it, I'd be like, corruption, corruption, corruption. Those oranges, corrupt. Right. Okay. Uh, bananas, corrupt. Okay. Right. right. No, but I, you're putting kidding aside. There, the system is awash in corruption, so you you can't you know swing a bat and not hit corruption. Right. And and. It, and it's such a target-rich environment. Every corporate donation is corruption. It's they're all bribes. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about that. So, your political instincts, I think, are spot on. And every regular person, Republican or Democrat, relates to that. Goes, yes, yes. That's the point. That's right. the point. It cuts through those Uber drivers. They'll be able to go. Well, gosh, these guys are really corrupt. I mean, really, you can answer every question with corruption. I mean, well, how would you handle the situation in the Middle East? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't give it to my son-in-law to go, who has no experience in Middle Eastern affairs, to go fly to Saudi Arabia, make some deal with the the head of Saudi Arabia, and supposedly work on a peace deal. I wouldn't do that. It's this is a corrupt administration. They have no plan for anything except to be corrupt. And then I would get into whatever other answer I had. Yeah. I mean, I really feel I would I would fry them at every turn. Yeah. Um, he's not popular. You know, Trump is not popular. If you remind people why they don't like him, yeah, I think that you know, no question. Uh, so, uh, by the way, just to finish the other story, then I want to get to why hosts are jerks. Uh, so, <laughs> So I finally did the calculation. I think now I remember it's a twenty three seventeen, but I figured I would have tipped three bucks. So the Uber would have wound up being about twenty six bucks, and the cab after the tip turned out to be thirty nine bucks. Wow! So it took me longer to get home. The guy kept getting lost, and it costs in that case literally fifty percent more. Quite exactly fifty percent more. So look for all the troubles that you know Uber has, at least in L.A. It. it Continues to still, even now the new and unimproved, like the the significantly worse Uber than when it first came out, is still significantly better than cabs. And oh yeah, so, so that's just the reality. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, I, 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 if you've got a couple of dollars, maybe getting a car service or something is because you're when you're getting Uber and Lyft, if you're on a time. Schedule that's that's unforgiving in any way. You need to be involved in somebody who's totally dependable, not in a seven minutes. You're allowed seven minutes away. Oh, nine minutes away. Oh, yeah. cancel. You just yeah. can't have that. Especially because when I travel, it's almost always for business. So, and I'm always late, right? So I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Anyways, okay. Now let's go have fun about ragging on people like us. Uh, so Bennett told a story a long time ago that I love. Uh, uh, he said it on the Young Turks when we were a radio show. Uh, the the producer was interviewing for a job with CBS Football. Do you remember? Do you know this story? No, I know. No. So they ask him. Uh, they give him a quiz. Okay, in the interview, uh, John Madden uh, needs coffee, uh, but we got a wrong graphic on the screen. Okay, so we're in the middle of a football game. We're broadcasting. Uh, Madden, the legendary you know broadcaster, needs coffee, and we have a wrong graphic. What do you do first? Okay, so awesome, fun question. Uh, almost everyone answers fix the graphic. That's sure. what I would have answered. That right. makes sense, right? Wrong answer. Uh, they're like the graphic's not important. Uh, 
the host makes or break, breaks the show, get the goddamn coffee. Okay, wow. so what John says on the show, that's the money maker. Okay, that's what people come for. They don't come for Phil Sims, they come for John Madden. They didn't say that at the time. Okay, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but that's another thing that I was, I like to think that I was proven right about because they moved him out of the booth. Yeah, they've got him on Phil the set Sims, now. Yeah, they're like, right. I'll do less damage on the set. He'll bore less people on the set. Okay, anyway, um, so, uh, but you know what that creates? Unbearable hosts. Because oh, that uh, attitude permeates throughout the entire industry. And in fact, the only profession that is called talent are the people that are on air. Oh, is the talent here? Mm. Okay, oh, he's talent, right? Well, what the f the director's talented too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the producer's talented, the editor is talented, but no, only the hosts are talented. And so, look, YouTube guys, I love you, but please become a member because I'm going to tell a story that Rachel Maddow told me right before I went to MSNBC. It's related to this. Okay. Ooh, fun. TYT.com slash join. Okay. That's so people are going away right now, is what you're saying? Some portion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good night and good luck. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> but the podcast continues. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Rachel took me to breakfast or lunch, which is, you know, I, you know, I don't know if anything, if we can joke around about anything anymore. We do it anyway on old school, but like, I was gonna say, it was, it's my new Christian of her. Like, I'm obviously joking because I'm not Christian, right? <laughs> right. That's an old school term. But anyway, it was really nice of her. She took me and gave me some advice. And yeah, you were just you were a newer. Host. I was a newbie, right? Yeah. Now, and Rachel and I worked together in Air America, oh, yeah. uh, and so. Uh, but then she made it on MSNBC way before I did, and at that point uh, was really like not this level, but really well established. Right. Man, time flies, man. Jesus Christ, that was like nine years ago. Sure. So she was already pretty well established then, and now she's had nine years on top. Right. She's right? a superstar now. Yeah. Right? And she, one of the main pieces of advice she gave me was, stay out of my way. <laughs> I know that was later. Yeah. <laughs> was no, uh, she was like, watch out, TV corrupts. Uh, so they'll, everybody will tell you you're great. Everybody tell you you're the best. Uh, you write about everything, uh, and and so eventually you start to believe it. And so be careful. I, I love that advice. Yeah, yeah. And but it's true. It's true. It affects a lot of people, and sometimes good people. Uh, you, you get they, drunk on your own on your own BS. supply, yeah, yeah, high on your own supply, definitely. Uh, we don't do that here by not paying our hosts. Yeah, that's a good, <laughs> that's a really good thing. Everybody's kept humble. <laughs> you won't hear. Well, let's just send you a car. Yeah. <laughs> you'll never hear that. Yeah, phrases you'll never hear at TYT. <laughs> for I'll take that for four hundred. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In fact, when you do old school, they get you dinner. Which is amazing. You have to understand that's like a an off the scale perk at TYT. Yeah, like yeah, I had pad thai tonight yeah. because I got to eat the dinner between the regular show and and old school. I have about twenty five minutes to get that done. Of course, I had a call today and I'm reading emails and I'm like, okay, but hey, at least TYT got me dinner. Yeah, and then they, see, we talked about this before. There's a cap of twenty bucks. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. and so. It's not a real cap, but they but suggest it. So suggested they, target. Yeah, suggest. So since they have a, they slash we have a suggested target of twenty bucks, Ben makes sure to go over twenty dollars every time. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's not just for the talent. Okay, everybody that's working. We're all working late here, so we get dinner yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, that's the host story. All right, you want to do um, uh, most American city? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, hadn't, okay. I, hadn't, I didn't. I, this is really interesting so, to me. Like, what are the criteria uh, to be like really, really American? I mean, is it is it pickup trucks and Budweiser American? Well, you tell me. What do you think is American? Well, I, I, you know, that's, I'm going to need to reflect on this for a minute. Go okay, ahead. Okay. So, all right. Look, I'll give you a classic example. Pittsburgh. Okay, Pittsburgh, America. Okay, uh, Kansas City, America. But I would also argue, not I would argue, I think it's definitely New York. Yeah, New York in City. fact, when you were first started, I thought New York. Because yeah. to me, and I get what you're saying, working class and Midwest, that could be, that's one America. 
But what I like about New York is you have a lot of working class. When I say working class, you know what I mean? People who are yeah. you know, punching a clock every day. Yeah, yeah, not talent. Yeah, and really yeah. doing the heavy lifting, not talent. <laughs> but you also have in New York, you have ethnicities and you have all of these immigrants washing together in different ways and I love it. And I think that is America. And I'm not and this isn't some campaign slogan thing. <laughs> I just think, feel like that's the real America. It's made up of that the, the breadth of all of those people. But I also get the, you know, uh, Ford F-150 and Budweiser. You yeah, know, yeah I get they're that both. Too. I mean, both. I get yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dallas, um, Hohokus. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> that is an actual city, but it, no, 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 it jumped to mind. We were talking about it in the last little school. Um, Anyway, uh, but also LA. LA is very American. And when people think of uh, America, they think of Hollywood, uh, i.e., LA. Uh, uh, these days, San Francisco. Yeah, I okay. guess. I, I, yeah. So like Silicon Valley, right? Right, that's so it's, true. It's becoming yeah. now almost the image of America to the world. And, it's, and it makes sense. Why, why did Hollywood slash LA? Um, Get this thing of like, oh, that's what America is, or that image that people have. Well, it's because that's this is where we made movies, right. and we spread that all across the world. This is where we created culture. That's but now right. we're creating culture in Northern California, right? Through the algorithms and the platforms and everything that's I see based yeah. there. Yeah. So almost all the culture in the world is created, honestly, in California between LA and San Francisco. Uh, I think that's a great take. I guess the reason I didn't get it when you first said it. Is that I don't think the rest of the world associates these things you're talking about—the algorithms and the, um, you know, and the serving you stuff on Instagram and all the social platforms—with a geographic region necessarily. Hmm. When you say it, of course, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I guess we just see these things as these huge corporate structures as opposed to a geographically specific uh, corporation. So anyway, that's why I didn't think of it right when you said Silicon Valley. But here's my question. Where does Las Vegas fit into all of that? Is that Americana? Bingo, that was the one I was saving on the sheet. Mm. To go, Oh yeah, how about Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> As if I have to entice Mark into like being uh, pro-Vegas. God, I do love that town. <laughs> uh, uh, so, okay, yeah, what do you think? Uh, what other towns do you think? Uh, well, I'll give you another town that's, uh, now you're starting to get to Different slices of America, you know, like like I think, like a Reno is like is a, is a kind of America. You know yeah. what I mean? It's got a cowboy element. It's got a yeah. Western element, a little more than Las Vegas, yeah. frankly. Las Vegas sort of feeling cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan neon, cosmopolitan, small C on cosmopolitan. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, feeling kind of more cityish. Reno still has that uh, cowboy feel. Uh -huh. So I, I don't know. I might put I might put it in there. I love the the West. I think has all kinds of towns like that. If you go to the Dakotas, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I think that those places, most all of them, have a real sense of America. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll eliminate a bunch. Right? Okay. I mean, we go around eliminating thousands of cities, obviously. But like Pierre, South Dakota. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I love you, but no. Okay. Well, but I don't know where I, I forget where Pierre is, but. Like if you go to South Dakota, there is a place called Wall Drugs. Are you familiar with this? No, but it already it's, sounds kind of fun. It's it's this enormous Wall Drugs is like this enormous. I want to say it's you know blocks and blocks and blocks like the first mall type thing, mm -hmm. the first like old school mall of America, and they have all kinds of different stuff there. It's not a drugstore. There's like maybe one little part of it that's a drugstore. Otherwise, it's Souvenirs and its clothes. Anyway, anyway, when you're approaching this part of South Dakota, there are billboards. You know, three miles to Wall Drugs, two miles to Wall Drugs, that kind of thing. Oh, like south of the border in exactly. South Carolina. Yeah. Exactly. And so, when you get there, it just is all. Now, it might be one-dimensional that that kind of America. You know, where where there's a, a cut out of an Indian or something, or yeah. a Native American now. But I'm just saying they've got a. Culture that goes back to Native Americans. Actually, of course, it's out of screwing the American, Native Americans out of yeah. all their land. Yeah, the Lakota Nation. Yeah, but um, that said, it has this Americana feel. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, not buying it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good effort, though. 
so quick diversion, of course, is no desire to go to Wall Drug, apparently, after all that. All right. <laughs> uh, no, I'd go, I'd love it. Are you mm -hmm. kidding me? I almost want to do a trip there, but it's not going to win this contest. Let's be honest about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, Mount Rushmore, South Dakota. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not South Dakota, go, Mark. All right. Yeah, no, all it's right. not. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, during the uh, Standing Rock, uh, I so I read up on Sioux Nation because it was Sioux territory that they were building the pipelines on, and there was all those things. And then you realize, uh, no, the Sioux really have a very, very legitimate land claim there, and that if we were actually cared about justice, that they would have a big say in in whether the pipeline is made there or not. But we don't. We care. We don't care at all. No. And so we're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have legal claims. We're going to steamroll you, right? That's exactly right. And but I, but in reading the history of um, how we stole Na uh, Native American land, and I say we, obviously I wasn't here. I was, uh, you know, I came here when I was eight years old. I'm a first generation immigrant. But so why is it we? Because I'm an American, so we all own it now, right? So we did that to the Native Americans collectively, right? And so now Native Americans are also obviously part of America as well. But it's okay. It doesn't mean you did anything personally wrong. It doesn't mean your ancestors did anything personally wrong. But like as a nation, we clearly screwed Native Americans, no question about it. But what I, I didn't know the details of is that we knew we screwed them and we actually tried to pay them back in different times. So Harry Truman made uh, like I think that he had a commission if I remember correctly and they assessed the the value of the land and I'm sure that they weren't fair about it etc but they went tribe to tribe saying okay here is 13 million dollars 87 million dollars whatever it was uh, so sorry about that treaty we violated and this is at least some compensation for it so in a sense reparations right mm -hmm. and so like we say oh you can't do reparations well it turns out you can and we have uh, and they went to this Sioux tribe, and they were one of the few that went, no. Look, we know we're not gonna get the money, and we know we're not gonna get the land, but we're unbowed. No deal. Wow. Okay, that's my ancestor's land, and you don't own it, okay? And in fact, nobody owns it. Uh, so, you know me, I love that, I love that, I love that pride, right? You told a story, and I was so happy that you told it. I remember seeing a TYT episode. Because one of the things that Jenk's talking about is the fact that the Indians were screwed, and we all share sort of the, I say Indians, I'm Native Americans, I apologize for that, but you know, it's a just- Yeah, a, it's old school, that's okay. Anyway, the, uh, uh, but, but you know, that we just, it was the super screw of all times. And the other fact is that those Native American communities are still getting screwed. I mean, 100%. in new ways, we're still screwing them. And so, to the TYT episode. So one day I'm watching TYT, and you tell a story that I think is a such a compelling story. It's a story of the Dan sisters. Do you know the? Do you? I'm sure you remember this. Or if you don't, I'm let not me. as sure as you are. Okay. It's, it's, uh, Advanced the Dan sisters. Well, I, I was hoping you would remember some of it because I don't remember all of it. But the Dan sisters, you should look it up. They were uh, two Native Americans, I believe they were, they're in Nevada for sure. And they're on land that is Native American land. And they had a treaty with the uh, US government. Am I okay? Okay. Um, and the US government, uh, in essence, just to cut through it, uh, offered them, this is what made me think of when you said about the money, offered them money to buy out of the treaty because the government of the US wanted that land where the Dan sisters were raising horses. They, and they were doing all that stuff that Native Americans did, living with the land. And the US government uh, decided that uh, they wanted that land and they were gonna try to buy them out. Dan sisters said no, and the US government decided that they were gonna take the land anyway. It's exactly what Jank was just talking about. It's like, I don't care. Uh, whether or not you're gonna take this deal. Now we're just gonna take the land. And it's a tragic tale of the way the government came in and Bigfooted, of course, killed all of these horses, moved them out. Many of them were like pregnant. And I mean, it was like, you know, you can't move wildlife at certain times because uh, it's just impossible for the wildlife to be moved. They, they can't adjust, they can't, you know, et cetera. And then, of course, what happened? Government then leases the land 
and I believe they might have sold some of it and then leased the land to mineral rights and mineral oh, exploitation of companies. Of course, of And that's what there was gold and I think other minerals that they were exploiting on that land. Uh, and so the Dan sisters died having tried to stand up to the US government and ultimately represent their legitimate rights to that land. But uh, the US government, not to, you know, not to bum anybody out, but the US government did what they had done to the Native American peoples throughout time. That is, they just screwed them, they ignored the treaty, and they took the land in the end without any money changing hands. So I love people who are unbowed, uh, like Shirley Chisholm uh, comes oh, yeah. to mind, yeah. and she literally would say, you know, would say that. And and first of all, I should actually go back and say, it's amazing what happens with the human memory. I don't remember that story at all. Wow, you were great, and you told the story so well. I wish I could remember the tales. I can't even yeah. remember them. Well, you really told the story well. It's a great episode. There have been documentaries about it uh, as well, but. Uh, but anyway, I was so proud of you for telling that story. Oh, now, well, you, you tell brother. a lot of stories, and, and, and now I ruined it. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the story that I remember that's uh, a little similar. It's little apples and oranges, and I say I remember, but I feel terrible that I don't remember the name right off the top of my head right now. But so the the white guy who was in the 1968 Olympics and gave the um, uh, was uh, yeah yeah when they did the uh, black gloves mm -hmm, uh, sure. protest uh, and he had gotten the silver and the Americans had gotten the the gold and the bronze and and he he was uh, from Australia and he was white and actually they forgot their gloves and he had the gloves and he gave them the gloves and he supported them so yeah. do you know the story at all no I don't think I do yeah it's it's one of my favorite stories and I'm you know it's off the top of my head so I'm butchering it but. Um, and so everybody at the time was furious. They were furious in America, but they were also furious in Australia. And so the, back then, the, the government of Australia was also deeply racist. And so they said, "Why did you help them? And you know what? Why don't you denounce them?" So like Colin Kaepernick, now he's got to be denounced. He's got to be ridden out of the NFL. We never learn, right? But back then, everybody was furious at them for ruining the Olympics by making this. Political comment, how dare they? And they're so selfish and ruined it for everyone else, right? And uh, etc. right? And so they kept saying to the guy in Australia, you have to apologize and you have to, and you have to denounce them, okay? Or and or, right? Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, good point. Uh, no, I support them, they're right. And it went on for decades. And they, even though he'd won a silver medal, and Australia didn't win many medals back then. And if you did, back then you'd get money, and you'd get endorsements in Australia, and you'd get to be part of the Olympic committee or whatever that they had, sure. right? And they denied him all that. And they say, we'll only let you in if you denounce them. It went on for like 20 or 30 years, wow. okay? And he never broke. No, I'm never going to denounce them. They did the right thing, and I'll stick by it. So before the Olympic Committee finally realized that they had done something wrong, which they eventually did, he died. He died before it happened. Oh, that's so brutal. So the American athletes went back and carried his casket. Oh, wow. Okay. God, see, that's how do people not love that? That, that um, actual unity and solidarity and people right. sticking up for one another. And a sense of sincere principle, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and some people look at that and go, nah, we should break them. Like, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so the spectrum of humanity is always astounding to me. That that a lot of people hear that story and they think, yes. And 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 to be fair to humans, most people think that. That's why they make movies like that. Sure. And why do they make movies like that? Because they make more money. Because they appeal yeah. to our instincts. We look at that and we go, ooh, oh, that's a good guy. The guy who wouldn't bow his head, the guy who rebelled, the guy who did the right thing. And then, then his friends came back and, and helped bury him. And it's just so touching. And that and if you'd make a movie like that, people go to it and they cheer. What's the for the longest time, I, I don't know if one of the Avenger movies passed it or whatever, but oh, Black Panther might have passed it, but uh, the highest selling movie of all time was Avatar. What's the story of Avatar? Natives were sitting on top of precious minerals, 
big bad empire who just wants to make money comes and tries to take their minerals. I mean, it was such an obvious allusion to oil, right? I mean, the most right, over right. the top, hit him in the head with a hammer analogy, right? And who did people root for? Did they root for the Exxon Mobil in the story? <laughs> did they root for the American Empire, the imperialists, etc.? No, they rooted for the natives in the story, sure, right? And it was—it's this really simple story, but it's so. But it resonates with us so much that it was the number one movie of all time. Yeah. Okay, but the guys who want to break people and don't believe in solidarity and believe in taking your natural resources in the real world—they win all the time. Yeah. And and for whatever reason, I don't know if they have a compunction and they get beyond it, or they have no compunction. I don't know if they're. And I don't know, they, they're clearly a minority. You could tell in like the, the free market tells you they're a minority, right? There aren't any movies where the hero then uh, <laughs> breaks the person who was principled and goes, ha ha, and I stole your stuff, yes, me. And then everybody's like, yeah, way to crush the grandma, right? That's not a thing, right? But, but in the real world, that happens all the time and people do cheer, right? And so there's this disconnect that that minority of Sociopaths, right? Unfortunately, oftentimes rule the rest of us because their greed drives them to do things that other people won't do. And so, it, it and it unfortunately, that, that kind of lack of empathy is rewarded in our society. It's rewarded with what? The one metric that we all measure us, ourselves with money. Yeah. Right? You get more money, you get more respect. And then they'll put you on television crying over the wealth tax. But there's a, there's a weird thing that's happened, and I see this, you know, not literally see it, but I hear it because I do a talk radio show, and you'll find people doggedly maintaining a position. And usually what you're talking about is people will be drawn to the underdog or the underdog position. We're always rooting for the, mm -hmm. you know, um, like a sea biscuit story, the horse that you know everybody felt didn't have a chance. They ought to, you know, they ought to put the horse down, and then it wins the big race at the end. It's a the Rocky Balboa story type thing. Um, but now, in this hyperpartisan time, you'll tell the story of this uh, woman. She's a single mother. She's got an Uber hustle. She's trying to start her own business. She's got a knitting business on the side. She gets cancer. Now, because of her cancer treatment, she's going to have to go on government assistance. Now that government assistance is getting cut off, she's not going to have the money to maintain. And the caller's are going, yeah, well, you know what, Mark? You know, maybe she should just go out and get a job that's not as hard to do for during chemo. You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> really, man? I mean, I mean, how, how awful Jesus. does it have to get before you you'll let that go? Before you'll say, hey, that person deserves some help. You know, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is I. I see too much of that. I see it on a lot of it on Twitter. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, definitely. I just feel like some of the, the underdogs you would normally uh, be sympathetic to, I find you don't have the solidarity of sympathy that you would think you'd have, particularly in the Twitterverse. You know why? Because they created a solidarity for deplorables. Uh, and they did. They created, because what does the internet do? It brings us uh, together. Um, and you say, no, no, it drives us apart. No, first it brings us together. So you form little communities, but then those communities become tribes, and then we start to go to war. Oh, that's it, yeah. right? And so, and we all have our different identities, and the MAGA guys have the red hats, and they're in that camp, and and then we think we're the reasonable ones because we are. It's actually empirical. We believe in science, math, etc., and they don't. So, and we so we try to talk to them in logic. Anna yelled at me in the post game for so every once in a while in the videos. I'll address MAGA guys, right? Yeah. She's like, stop it. They're not. They might be listening, but they're not listening, right? Yeah. They don't care. You could make the best argument in the world. You could be 100% right, and everybody in the room can agree with you, and they will say, I don't care, because it's about their identity. They don't care about your stupid facts. Yeah, right? I do the same thing. I say, listen, Trumpies, I don't see how you, and I call them Trumpies, and, mm -hmm. and, and I get the same thing from listeners. They'll go, Mark, stop trying to explain stuff to those Trumpies, as you call them. Yeah, I, I get it, but, but still you feel compelled to. It's like, guys. Don't you see this now? I mean, won't you? Can't this guy do anything? Can't this administration do anything that will make you at least go, okay, I'm not good with that? Yeah. You know, so anyway, go ahead. I think I might have told this story before, maybe recently. As you guys can tell, I'm having memory issues. Uh, so 
<laughs> anyway, but but it's like my dad. But in and, and in a sense, what I'm saying is I'm doing the same thing that I say. Oh, come on, right? Like my dad believes that everything can solve can be solved in with graphs, right? So you make great graph, you show it is right and that one is wrong, okay? <laughs> and I said, Dad, you know, I get it. Like you love graphs, that speaks to you because you're a mechanical engineer and etc. But some people like videos, some people like articles. Everybody's a little bit different. No, the, but the graph, show it. <laughs> the graph, show it, okay? And I said, okay, okay, I hear you. But let's say that the graph does show it, and you're right, and it would convince everyone. That's still not the issue. Uh, like you tell me, you're yelling at me to make the graph. Okay, I made the graph, right? The real issue is distribution. How do you get it to people? If I can show that graph to the 330 million people that live in America, you're probably right. I don't know that it convinces everybody, but it might convince a lot of people, certainly enough people. But the problem is, how do I get it to them, right? So you say, you know, when you say put it on the website, I wish everybody in the country came to my website, but they don't. So we've got to come up with an ingenious way of delivering that message to people, right? He's like, oh, good point, good point. But what if we made really good graph? <laughs> okay. Like, oh, that's great. <laughs> dad, dad. Okay. Oh, that's and so great. in a sense, you and I are doing the same thing as my dad. It's easy yeah. to laugh, but then we're like, yes, but what if we make really good arguments? That's right. And you're absolutely right. right. No, you're absolutely right. And they don't care about the argument, they don't care about the graph. All they care about is is their red hat. Yeah. They feel so good. Yeah, I get to hate other people. And I found a community of people who encouraged me and they oh, they love hating people too. Yeah. And we got together and it turns out and we did self-reinforcement, like, oh yeah, you too. I'll make oh Latinos, yeah. Muslims, they're both brown. Yes, high five. Oh god, they're both brown. I hate them both. Oh my god, I knew I was right. <laughs> right. You know, I did a thing today about uh election reform and mm -hmm. how they're trying to get verifiable paper ballots. Uh, to replace a lot of these electronic voting machines. How dare they? Right, and so and right, and that's what I'm getting. So I'm thinking, how can you have an issue with that? I mean, it's you know, especially when we lay out, and this is the argument part, where it's it's a very clear argument uh, that. <laughs> hey, that was a little offensive, dude. I, I love it. When you're impressed. <laughs> when you do, you could do, have your dad saying anything. When you're doing an impression of him, it slays me. I love it, but. Um, the idea is that you know they're compromised in all kinds of ways, but they're also so they're technologically compromised, but they're also compromised politically. In other words, they have they're, they're two major companies, and they're controlling all these electronic voting machines, and they have alliances to the GOP. All right, so uh, but leave that aside. Don't you want fully verifiable paper ballot voting? That should be unquestionably what you want. Yeah. But instead, so they so they were rallying for this. We had a conversation about this. On Twitter, I get, why don't you have somebody on from one of the uh, those companies? And mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking, okay, I could have one of the, one of the companies, but you don't really get it. That's like having you know Transoceana on to talk about the Deepwater Horizon and how mm -hmm. deepwater drilling is safe in the Gulf. Yeah, they're they're corrupt. They're completely effed up. Yeah. I'm not you understand? It's, yeah, hundred percent. It's like saying, well, why don't you have ExxonMobil executives on to talk about climate change? Yeah, exactly. Well, look, uh, you know, you find me a real scientist that says climate change isn't real and it's a peer-reviewed study. And well, that's a super interesting conversation, right? But if you say bring in an ExxonMobil guy, I'm wasting my time because they literally make money by poisoning the world through climate change, etc. So by definition, you 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 can't trust them, right? So And you know what they're going to say. You know yeah. they're going to say, "Hey, our system is fine. It hasn't been compromised. Our technology is 100%. I don't need to have them in." Yeah. I can tell you what they're going to say. Yeah, and it's like saying, "Hey, you know what? Like you think to make up a, a product. You think sneakers are, are ruining the world for whatever reason, right?" Like, "Yeah, but why don't you bring in a Nike executive?" Because he makes money for sneakers. I know what he's going to say. He's going to say sneakers are awesome, right? I mean, like this is not complicated. So, um, by the way, sneakers is one of those words that hung on, and it's really an interesting word because you know they're, they're called sneakers because they don't make any noise, right? That's the. Oh, is that where it came I from? I think that's why. What other reason could there be? I right? love that you made that up. I mean, so it's because <laughs> of the because of the rubber soles. I think that's why so you could sneak around. I th what else could they be? I mean, there's no other I reason. I love that not only did you make it up, but that you were convinced that it's obviously it's gotta true. It's got to be. Right? I, pr I promise you that's it. Someone <laughs> will tell us if that's not yes. right.
But so, anyway, I love that it's hung on, sneakers. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, it's me a cute too. little word. Okay, In fact, one of the things I had here, right. is that correct? That's awesome. I'm You're right. right. To be you owe me an apology. You were just making fun of me. You said, <laughs> but I did, uh, I had no uh, actual basis for it, but just deductively, it seemed that. Well, sense. that's actually, look, first of all, I'm unbowed, so you will get no apology. <laughs> on the other hand, but I will give you credit. You came up with that on your own, and it turns out that's why? No. Jeez, and Lord mercy, that's actually pretty no. good. Yeah. Okay. No All apology, right. but extra credit. Okay. Edge with Mark Thompson is a podcast. <laughs> okay, there right. you go. For these kind of observations, it's funny because the one other thing that I had to scribble down in my notes is unfortunate words, because it's a conversation we started in the last old school. We're going to get back to cities in a second. Um, <laughs> so, uh, kumquat. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, sailors are, of course, seamen. Uh, no, that didn't and, work out. Yeah, for him. No, and it's, it's it's a shame because like the Navy is so such badasses. A SEAL Team Six is part of the Navy, right? Right. But then you're like, oh man, that guy's a good seaman, right? Yeah, it's one of those words. It's one of those words. It is. It is what it is, and it's not your fault. Well, it's also like this word, and I know this is going to make everyone, but gay used to be a word that was used to be. Happy and frolicky. That's right. And now yes. gay is clearly, I mean, 92% of the time associated with uh, uh, mm, the gay community. Higher, higher, I'm going <laughs> higher. What was it, card sharks? That's right, <laughs> yeah. higher and lower, card yeah, sharks. Yeah. I think the only person, let, like Ben's mom, used to say gay and mean happy. Yeah. On the other hand, her name was Holly Jolly. Uh, that, that is that is true. <laughs> if anyone would use the word gay in the context of happy, it would, it would be, be someone Jolly. named Holly Jolly. Yeah. Um, that's literal. That was her actual maiden name. Um, so, anyways, uh, moist, obviously an unfortunate word. Uh, there, mm. There's a number of unfortunate words, uh, but that's all I got so far. All right, back to back to moist the, is borderline. I don't see moist as. Um, People, they have a lot of issues with moist. Do they? Okay. Yeah, it's kind of, it, yeah. All right, okay. Okay, I'm just keeping it real. I'm not, gonna, right. I'm not gonna die on that hill, <laughs> on the moist hill. <laughs> You're not gonna die on the moist yeah. hill? Yeah. Okay, that, yeah. See, how uncomfortable is the moist hill? Right. It sounds yeah. very uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, back to the cities. Uh, see, I love Miami. But, but that's not, not I thought of Miami early on, it's no, it's, it's not America. Definitely not the most American city. No. Uh, it's arguably the most uh, Caribbean city, it's a Latin American city, mm. right? It's a, it's a hub for Latin America. And a lot of Americans don't even know that. Like they just think like, oh, Miami, yeah, there's Latinos there, there's a lot of Hispanics there, right? Whatever. But if you live in Miami, a lot of business of Latin America is conducted in Miami. And so, oh, right. yeah, so, and nothing wrong with that. It's wonderful, and I love that it's a part of it. And I told you before, I absolutely love the city, but not the most American. I'm just keeping it real. No. You know, I saw a list of the most expensive cities in terms of median real estate, and Miami, I think, was number three. Wow. Well, I was surprised by After that. After New York and San Francisco? It was it, it, exactly. It goes New York, San Francisco, and then Miami. Um, even above LA. Wow. Now, maybe it was four and LA was three, I don't know. But it was or, or definitely seven. top five. Okay, or seven, but or still. Or it was okay, yeah, the point is, it was a top 20 city in terms yeah, of how, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. By the way, that's All right, It wasn't even on the list, but the point is, it should have been. <laughs> you ever tried to find a house in Miami, it's expensive. No, I, it really was, it was three or four. Yeah, look, I'm going to go back to politics for one quick second. Because, you know, we're arguing about uh, or having a conversation about how they're impervious to facts. Guys, I, I know, again, I've said it before, but. I can't get past it. 99% of the world's scientists say climate change is real, it's man-made, and it is going to have massive consequences. Like, like you're, we're not getting it. The acidification of the oceans, the melting of the glaciers, etc. Like these extreme weather events that are happening are in almost literally the tip of the iceberg, or the, of the melting iceberg. Uh, like the, the Bill McKim was on the show, the, and he reminded me, yeah. like, was it four over four feet of rain in one day in Houston? Broke the record, right? Imagine four feet of rain. Do you know how much that is in snow? So there's this rough equation. Yeah, it's, about, I, it's about a foot. An oh, inch. you would know more than anybody else. Yeah. yeah, a foot an inch, right? right? So that would be, oh my, like 40, 48. That would be 48 feet of snow in one day. 
48 feet of snow in one day. That's the equivalent of that of that downpour in Houston when it got flooded, okay? This is insane, right? But I don't bring that up to make that point. I bring it up because people hear that and they go, no. No, I think 99% of the world scientists got together and changed all the thermometers and they changed all the readings and they did it because they get paid so much by the government. Which government? They're all over the world. Is Botswana also part of this conspiracy? Yeah, of course it is. So is India and China and and Madagascar and you know and Irkutsk. I'm now just naming boards. Uh, you know, good names though. Countries on on the risk board. <laughs> okay, and Yakutsk and right and Kyrgyzstan. Uh, okay, anyway. So you know they, if a person believes that thousands upon thousands of scientists all across the world are part of a global conspiracy to make eighty thousand dollars a year in a as a college professor, but that ExxonMobil, which makes billions of dollars a year in doing oil, which creates climate change, is not motivated by money. I mean, how do you have a conversation with that person? We're not speaking the same language. Yeah, there are two things at least that are going on in the climate change discussion. One of them is what you're talking about, which is sort of a political jihadism where you're just denying the facts in evidence and you're finding reasons. The, uh, as you say, the scientists are colluding and there's another political agenda and this is a liberal conspiracy worldwide, whatever it might be. The science is flawed, whatever, you're, now you're rationalizing and arguing, that's the political jihadism. But the other thing that's happening, and I see it a lot in other areas too, is that it's not happening obviously enough apparently for people and quickly enough, even though it's happening ins- insanely obviously and insanely quickly, uh, for people to really go, yeah, we gotta we gotta hit the the alarm bell, yeah, uh, because we packaged our lives such that we don't we're not exposed to it unless we're close to the land. I see we have to take another. Is this a break now? Yeah, How does so uh, I, I'm so sorry. Like podcast guys, we try to make a full podcast for you guys, but uh, we are going to actually have the winner. Of the most American city. In fact, I'm gonna have an America off when we continue. Oh. TYT.com slash join to get the whole show and get it live. Thank you though for watching and listening. We really love you for it. Thanks for listening to this free clip of old school. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today. You'll love it. Join now at TYT.com slash join.